Blog Talk Radio.
All right, well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Just taking some time today just to worship the Lord with Chris Herzog. I'll be your host this evening. And just want to thank those of you that are listening in. Um, we're just blessed to have you uh, be part of our family tonight and every night. Um, I think three. And you can uh, check us out on the internet. W dot prayer international org. She email us at she either way to prayer national at gcom. We're taking prayer requests. Come, what's going on? We're collecting some data. We will get back. We've we've had quite a few prayer requests come in that way as well, and we are praying over those throughout the day. Now, there's a handful of us that are interceding and praying for you and your families, your your needs. And so just continue to send those in. And obviously, if things begin to change and you see some transformation, let us know what's going on. Let us know what the Lord's doing. And that way we can, you know, be sure to uh, just give him all the glory, honor, and praise. And that way we know what's going on. So uh, we should have uh, a Brother Paul call in sometime tonight. And uh, we're kind of eagerly anticipating that tonight. If not, possibly things are kind of up in the air. But as always, we know God's here. You know, he says if two or more of us are gathered in his name, he's in our midst. And we just want to thank those of you that are in the chat room calling in by phone to listen. And when we uh, get into some worship, we'll kind of check the lines and see what's going on uh, with everybody. Well, let's go before the Lord and just ask his blessings. And, you know, it's funny. We were talking blessing in uh, church the other day, and I've been facilitating. Uh, not Are we facilitating with the singles group? Uh, not only facilitating with the being pastors of prayer at the church, uh, we're also helping, uh, you know, with the children's church department on Sunday mornings to worship uh, before the prayer time. And so uh, what's funny is we're actually going through worship, going through prayer and talking about the ironic benediction and, you know, I was getting into the other day, which is actually Numbers uh, chapter 6, verse 24 through 26. And, you know, the ironic benediction, uh, we were talking about this, obviously, is the blessing that Aaron spoke over the people. And uh, his hands up and began to declare of God. And, you know, if you, you can find... In Numbers, which is in the first five books of the law, so uh, Numbers being the fourth book, chapter 6, verse 24, it says this, it says, The Lord bless thee and keep thee, the Lord make his face to shine upon thee, and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance, and give you peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. And you know, God made it very clear when we put his name on Something There's a blessing involved And it wasn't that they would just speak this blessing over the people But they would say the Lord do it The Lord bless you The Lord make his face to shine on you The Lord lift up his countenance The Lord give you peace And you know when we add the name of the Lord When we speak and declare the name of the Lord There's power in that name And of course under the old covenant That name was Jehovah That name was Yeshua That name was Yahweh You know many different names in the Hebrew you know, Jehovah Shalom was the Hebrew name for peace. 
Jehovah Makadesh, Jehovah Sikkanu, talking about the righteousness and the sanctification of God. Jehovah Nisi, also another name which represents God being our banner. Jehovah Jireh. Of course, we've heard that one probably more than the others. But that's Jehovah God, our provider. The Lord will provide. You know, so there's something about the name. You know, even from the Old Covenant to the New, when God would begin to do something in somebody's life, he would always change their name. He would change their name. Abram became Abraham. Saul became Paul. You know, Simon became Peter. Constantly, God was changed. That he just changed their name, but that represents God changing their nature. See, he changed Peter, Simon's name, to Peter, which meant rock. Upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. He turned Abraham's, Abram to Abraham, and went from Abram to Abraham. He even gave the name Israel. So you know, constantly, and when God comes in, He'll change your name. He'll change your nature. He'll transform you if you'll let Him come in. See, when Jesus comes in, when we behold Him, when we behold His beauty, we're changed. When we meditate on His Word, we're transformed. When he comes in and, and does the recreation, there's a transformation that takes place. And so, you know, when the Israelites, when Aaron and Moses would begin to speak over the Israelites, and when the Israelites would begin to speak over the others, they were always speaking and blessing in the name of the Lord. So when you put God's name on something, it changes its nature. When you put your name on something, of course, in the Old Covenant and the New Testament, we see that happen. But it was about putting his name on them. And so I want you to just begin, you know, whenever you face a circumstance or, or a situation in your life, begin to declare God's in the name of Jesus. See, even the disciples, they would go forth, and they were astonished because they could go out and they could cast out devils in the name of Jesus just by using the name. Now, these men weren't even Holy Ghost filled, per se, because the day of Pentecost had not fully come. Yes, they, they walked with Christ. Yes, they learned the ways of the kingdom. Yes, Jesus did breathe on them and command them, commission them to go out and do signs and wonders. But listen, when they did it, they did it in the name only. They didn't do it by the anointing. They didn't do it by the Holy Spirit that's dwelling in them because it hadn't happened yet. But just by using faith in the name of Jesus, miracles happened. You know, it's funny that 
there's people today that they can actually practice the principles of the Bible. They can use the name of God, use the name of Jesus, and see amazing results. Yet they're not born again. They don't have the Spirit of Christ. They, they don't even acknowledge Christ as their Savior. But just because they practice godly principles, they get Bible results. There's another group of people out there that name the name of Jesus, talk about God, but you know, on some level have a relationship or have some experience, but they don't practice his word. They don't put his principles into practice in their lives. And as a result, they don't see things happening. Sometimes disillusionment. You see, went into things later. There's, the Bible is written like this. It teaches the person of Jesus, which is set up for your salvation. It's set up for your relationship. It's set up for your eternity. It prepares you for heaven. Introducing you to Jesus prepares you to have relationship with Jesus. But the Bible teaches the person which are preparation for the earth. See how to uh, handle your finances in the kingdom, how to handle your relationships in the kingdom, how relationship with kingdom, Christian living about, the the, discipline of Christianity. It's all contained in the word. And there's the principles of Jesus. And one does not work without the other. Yes, you can find the person, and prepare yourself for eternity, but it may not prepare you for the earth unless you're practicing the principles. See, there's one group of people, Jesus said, in the book of the to be doers of the word and not hearers only, but Jesus gave to her house and one built his house on a rock foundation. And it sounds very elementary. I teach this because if we've been in church, that's probably maybe. It says one man built his house on a rock, on a strong foundation. Materials that he used, solid rock, you know, foundation. And cereals. And after finishing this house, the the winds and the waves came, and they beat down on this house. And it was the storm; it withstood the test. It withstood the winds and the waves. And Jesus likened this man to the person that hears the word of God and does what it says. Says it. Then he told a story about another man. His house in the same area. Built it solid, stable. The things that he framed his house godly, and he, although he had the capacity of God, he understood it, but he did it. He obeyed God, but in the practice of so when the. 
storms came, and the winds and the waves beat down on that house. The Bible was the fall of it. And so we see there's a difference between hearing God and not responding and doing nothing with what we hear. See, sometimes we can become spiritually fat because we eat and eat and eat and we have this diet. But we never practice it. We never exercise our faith. We never do anything with it. And therefore, we become very imbalanced, very unhealthy. And in turn, when we walk through crisis or walk through situations in life, because we're not putting the, the Word of God into practice, we're not being doers of the Word, then we, we don't see the salvation of God under God or God's financial provision or God's hand situations around relationships or friendships or whatever's going on relationships or people in the church or out of the church, whatever it is. So what happens is we in turn kind of become what I call religious and we've all gone through this process, I'm sure, especially if we've been inundated and indoctrinated in organized churches in different denominations then through in our uh, search for truth all of us have but you know it's one thing to pray and begin to ask God to deliver us out of our crisis and, and, and help us in our mess turn our mess into a message you know and I pray these things all the time myself for myself and my family as well as many other people. But someone meets me in the midst of myself. You want a miracle? Well, in this. And sometimes he'll give, sometimes he'll give, you know, a set of instructions, literally, and say, okay, do these things. And in those things, and in, in the prophecy of God, the miracle comes or something straightens out or something turns around not directly or even just in obeying the word or it may come down to obeying the Holy Spirit leading you in a direct God saying no don't do this or God saying yes do this whatever the case is and so a lot of times we can but we're not in a in a position where we obey. And we have to do both. We can have a relationship with the person of Christ. But sometimes we don't want to practice the principles and do what he asks. But Jesus himself said real clearly, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And if I abide in you and my word abides in you, then we'll be Father. We'll be glorified. And see, unless you're one with Christ, and He dwells in you, and His Word, then you can't be one with the Father. See, He likens us to every tree bears good fruit. And I believe that there's mercy and grace, but at some point, listen, even Hebrews eleven twenty three or twenty five, I think I'm just kind of at the top of my head. 
But it says, look, even if we find the gospel of grace, if we find Christ, and we continue to sin willfully, okay, there's no propitiation for that. We trample Christ underfoot. We walk all over the grace of God. And at some point, the Lord does take an offense to it. You know, he they say, I will blot you. And I'll I do believe he writes in the book. Christ is our Savior. He does write us in the book. But if you continue to read the Bible, there comes a point in time where many people get blotted out of the book. You know, even the blood of Christ had already been shed and here we have Ananias and Sapphira just bringing their gifts to the church this is in the book of Acts and I'll, I'll back up and get into it if we need to put some scripture in there but I'm just kind of talking tonight a little bit so he says hey you know Bring your gifts to the Lord, whatever. And what they did is they gave, you know, I guess what they were supposed to give or what the Lord had led them to give or told them, whatever the case was. It's not 100% clear on, on how it came about. But what happens is they flat out lied in the middle of the church. Even over something, what we call as simple as giving. Okay? And it's not about the giving. That's not the issue what I'm talking about. So you, we can Scratch the subject necessarily, but the point is that they lied to God. They weren't forthright with God. They weren't upright and forthright with God, and literally they both just dropped dead. And now this is New Testament, mind you, after Jesus, Spirit been given, salvation had been received. Now, this isn't some old testament. It's law. New Testament Christianity. The same that we're in death. A lot of here on the day what happened in the was the prophet in the Bible when God said upon the flesh I'll flesh I'll pour it and your sons and daughters will prophesy. And there'll be signs and wonders in the earth, blood, fire, vapor, smoke. Okay, in the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, so we we read this prophecy in the book of Joel. Clearly defines what's going on, you know, in the book of Acts. But the book of Acts was just a partial, you know, 120 people getting filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room and 3,000 people getting saved. That was not the fulfillment of the book of Joel. That was just the beginning. If you continue to read that prophecy in the book of Joel, it's much larger than just what happened in the book of Acts. Okay? So what that tells me is that revelation and that prophecy is a progressive revelation, a progressive pro- uh, prophecy that is continuing to itself. What am I saying? What I'm saying is this. It's one thing to pray and ask God to bless us. It's another thing to obey God 
and then expect him to make good on, on his promises. If you're not obeying God, if you're not living upright, if you're living in sin, if you're practicing sin willfully with no conscience of it whatsoever, with no repentance of it whatsoever, you know, with no place in your life for holiness or sanctification, listen, you can cry sovereignty and cry grace, grace, and paint Jesus like, you know, foo-foo and butterflies, and Jesus loves everybody. But God made it really clear. Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. That were, there's people born into the earth that will never become Christians, ever. And they're only put on the earth to, to for wicked schemes. I mean, read the Bible. Even the wicked have their part in God's plan. There's some people out there that have a reprobate mind and they'll never receive Christ. In fact, the more reprobate they become and the more hardened their hearts become, the more God turns them over to a reprobate mind. It says Romans. This is New Testament. Now, do I believe there's forgiveness? Yes. Do I believe there's gifts of repentance that are granted? Yes. But I also believe everything has its time and place. You know, personally, I don't. I don't believe in once. This Bible, no, in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible, once saved. And you can give me a couple loose scriptures, and try to work around them, and try to prove that point to me. But the Bible does not teach it. Nowhere. Okay. I believe you can sin willfully. I believe you can turn your back on God anytime you want and walk away and you. That's why he says choose you It's a daily decision. It's a daily taking up your cross. It's a daily crucifying your flesh. It's a daily repentance and making things right before God. And, and, and I'm, I'm not saying it's works-based. I'm saying that people can walk away from God's plan for their lives. And just because they prayed a little prayer, culture one day decided to never push again, and then even God. You know, I, I truly believe, according to Scripture, you know, that that really as quick as it can be gained and received, it can be lost. And really it's a condition of the heart. God knows the heart. Why did he give the kingdom to David and took it away? Because David was perfect? No. But David had a relationship with his God. And he repented. You know, um, like I said, New Testament Christianity, Ananias and Sapphira, of people losing their place. What happened with Judas is a good example. So we're having it's different, really, what's going on. Praise the Lord. We'll see that kind of fixed. I'll tell you about we're to a song for a minute. And then uh, we'll be back. 
another edition of Prayer International Radio, just taking some time to worship the Lord. You know, sometimes you just have to get still and worship the Lord, and it sounds like we were having some technical difficulties, so I wanted to shift gears. Uh, we went from Skype to cell phones uh, temporarily. Hopefully this is a little better. Um, if you want to give me some feedback in the chat room, let me know. If you can hear this better, uh, that'd be great. And uh, if it's worse, let me know that. If it's just flowing, let me know that. And a couple of amens every now and then would be great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, if you need to call in, the call in number is 619-638-8458. Now, we're just uh, 
getting into the Word a little bit and just talking about God, you know, talking about building your house on a proper foundation. You know, the Bible says itself that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Sometimes we need to really just talk about the Word, I guess, and get into the Word. But, you know, some people uh, get bored with Bible study. Uh, they, they have trouble maybe reading on a regular basis. Uh, maybe they don't have the tenacity to listen to the Word on CD or on tape or on DVD or, you know, audio, whatever they've got. You know, sometimes we have trouble with our schedules just finding time or at least, you know, making time to meditate on the Word of God. But the whole thing is, it's not how much you read, it's not how much you hear, it's how much you really get on the inside of you. And so the Bible says, meditate on the Word of God and you shall have good success. It says this, the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Hebrews 11.3, think about it. The Word of God framed out the earth. The Word of God framed out everything in the earth. The Word of God frames out your life. The Word of God frames out your assignments and your destination. But the thing is, listen, if we don't get the Word of God in our hearts, David said, Lord, I hide your Word in my heart so that I don't sin against you. He said, let the meditations of my heart, let the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Jesus said, from the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. There's a connection between what gets inside of you, what gets in your spirit, what gets in your inner man is going to come out of your mouth. And whatever you say, whatever you speak, whatever you declare, whatever you decree, whatever you prophesy over yourself, so to speak, is what you're going to get. You know, we don't realize when Jesus said, speak to this mountain, and tell it to be cast off and into the sea, you can have whatsoever you say, whatsoever you say. He didn't say you can have, you know, if you talk a bunch of good stuff. He didn't say you can have, if you sound real spiritual. He said whatever you say out of your mouth, that's what you can have. That's why it says we're justified and condemned by the words that we speak. Why? Because the words that are coming out of your mouth are the words that are framing your world. And if you want to know why things are not working out, see what's coming out of your mouth on a regular basis, in your idle talk, in your everyday chatter, in your everyday conversations. Is your words, are your words, sorry, are your words lining up with God's words? When you have a situation or a crisis or a something at hand are you declaring and decreeing what the Lord says about that situation or are you rehearsing the problem more than the promise you see you can pray for an hour a day about a situation but if you're talking the, you know you know, I know we have to sleep and all but let's say you're, you're talking for 17 hours complaining 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 oh I'm so sick and tired oh I just don't feel well I just don't feel good you know, you're saying these things over and over and over and over. And then maybe an hour out of your day, you may pray. And 15 minutes out of that prayer time, you may be so focused on the fact that you don't feel good that you may start praying, oh, God, please heal me. But then 18 hours out of your day, your conversation is totally contrary, opposite, negative 
to the prayers and confessions that you're praying and confessing. And then you wonder, how come my prayers aren't getting answered? How come I'm not getting breakthrough in this area? How come things just don't happen for me? How come I'm still sick? And all day long, you said how sick and tired you were for 17, 18 hours. I wonder why you're still sick. I wonder why the finances don't come together, why you don't have enough. See, prosperity is having enough to do what God calls us to do. It's not about being, you know, rich, although that would help in some situations. Obviously, if you've got more, you can give more. If you've got more, you can bless more people. If you've got more, you can do more things for the kingdom. And it's not about having more money. It's about having resources and knowing where your resources are in God. Because some people may not have liquid money, but they may have favor all over the place and things just handed to them whenever they need it. And they can do whatever they need to do because the Lord provides. And then there's another group of people that have plenty of money and they can just go out and purchase whatever they need to do what God asks them to do. Either way, prosperity is having enough to do what God asks you to do. Having enough strength in your body to do the task at hand. Having enough yieldedness in your spirit to pray through until you see the answer. Having enough finances, either in your bank account or through a source or resource to accomplish and and provide and take care of the the needs for your assignments and the things that God's called you to. It's having enough. And see, when we're in Christ, and as we obey Him, as He guides, we hear the term, as He guides, He provides. Where the Lord gives vision, the Lord will give provision. And it's not some catchy little slug, and really it is true. If you're being led by the Spirit, and you're in your geographical location where the Lord's called you, and you're living upright, you're living holy and obedient unto God, and you're honoring God in your giving, and you're being very wise about your saving and your spending, and you put God's principles into practice in your life in different areas, and you'll see the Lord come through for you in whatever area. See, the problem is not with God or whether God's able to heal you or save you or provide for you or lead you or take care of you. Many times the problem is between our ears. You see, we haven't renewed our minds. We haven't got hold of what the Lord's really speaking. We haven't decided to press in by faith and not let our doubt and our reasoning and our unbelief come in and and snatch the blessing from our lives. For some of us, we think just because we prayed five times or for a whole year and we haven't seen the salvation, we haven't seen the the situation turn around, we haven't seen the blessing, we haven't seen somebody's lives transformed after one year, well then, something must be wrong with God. No, it's not God. You know, I prayed for my mother for 22 years. 22 years. 22 years. I prayed for her salvation. 22 years. 
watching no change. In fact, at times watching things get worse and worse. Things going completely the opposite way of what I wish that they would. And just a couple years ago, my wife had the privilege of praying with my mother. We were in a Gibson store, actually visiting my parents, my grandmother, and aunt and uncle, aunts and uncles, and some cousins. We were down there just seeing the family. And I believe my parents had met my wife a few times uh, up until then. And then, uh, you know, we, we got married, and, you know, they we spent some time with her. And then they came to visit us, and I'm trying to recall, um, I guess it was a few years after we got married. Uh, my wife had the privilege of praying with my mother. We actually had two trips with them in South Texas. And one of them was after our marriage. One of them was before. But my wife had the privilege of praying with my mother, the prayer of salvation. Just felt the Lord, you know, just prompt her right then. And there was no hesitation. It was actually a very simple, easy process. And from that point on, just things begin to change. But you know, after 10 years of praying, I wanted to give up sometimes. I get mad and get angry. After 15 years of praying, you know, I wanted to lose heart sometimes. And even at times, just kind of throw in the towel and just put God, you know. What about me? What about my family? After 20 years, there would even be times when I'd, I'd almost get bitter or angry inside, and I'd have to ask God to deal with it. I'd have to ask God to forgive me and heal me and work in my heart because I didn't want to feel that way. But at times, I'd find myself carrying around different emotions and different things because I thought that God was forsaking me. I thought God wasn't listening. I didn't think God was paying attention to my prayers. But you know, 22 years later, after I became a Christian, 22 years later, God answered that prayer. And those prayers, it wasn't just one prayer. And what am I saying? Sometimes we have to pray until we break through. We don't just give up. We don't just stop just because things don't go the way we want them to. Or it doesn't happen how we think it should. But the Bible says in First Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. I'm just getting back into the chat room. Sorry, I, I had another window open for a little while. Let's pray for Grok for a minute, and then we're going to jump back in uh, to what's going on. Right now, everybody, if you're in the chat room, uh, Minister Grok's in there. Sounds like he's dealing with some uh, extreme anxiety and condemnation attack. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just lift up Minister Grok to you. Lord, we just declare, Lord God, that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the Spirit. Or not, not after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. Sorry, I said it backwards. But, Father... Those that walk after the Spirit, Father, you said there's no condemnation for them. We just declare that he's a man of your Spirit, Father. Right now, we just declare no condemnation. Right now, you said be anxious for nothing. So we come against all fear and anxiety. We come against all 
everything that's got him stirred up right now, we just declare in the name of Jesus that the gift of the Holy Spirit that's inside of him would be stirred up and that the peace of God which passes all understanding would rule his heart and mind by Christ Jesus. And that, Father, your presence would surround him, Lord God, like a flood right now, wherever he's at, that he would feel your glory, he'd feel your Holy Spirit coming over him right now in the name of Jesus. And right now I just command... Enemy, let go of him. I declare he's a child of the Most High God, and you have no authority over him. Because greater is the Holy Spirit inside of Minister Grock than he that's in the world. And we just declare Jesus himself gave him all authority. He gave us authority over all the power of the enemy. And we just declare in Jesus' name you need to leave him alone, cease and desist. Don't bother him anymore in Jesus' name. Father, we just declare, Lord, peace over him, which passes all understanding. Peace, not like the world gives, Lord Jesus. You said you give it in a different way. That by your Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is peace. That by your Holy Spirit, perfect love of God casts out all fear. And he has a sound mind. He has a sound mind. A sound mind. In Jesus' name. God's given him power. God's given him love and a sound mind. So we just speak blessings. Over Minister Grout, we just said, the Lord keep you. The Lord bless you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and, and keep you in peace. That he'd lift up the light of his countenance upon you and that you'd be in peace, Grout. So I pray the Holy Spirit would surround you tonight. Holy Spirit surround you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hey, listen, we need to lift each other up. We're called to lift each other up. You know, when one of us suffers, we all suffer. The deal is, you know, uh, Minister Grock's in a transition right now. He recently moved, and uh, he's in some unfamiliar territory. This is new uh, for this season of his life, there's been a shift and a transition and a change for him. So I want people to, you know, if you're in the chat room and you've been following us, you, you're, you're familiar with with Grox, put him on your prayer list. If you don't have one, just write his name down somewhere where you're not going to forget it or lose it, where you're going to see it every day. Put a little post-it on your mirror if you have to, so when you're getting ready for the day, you think about Grox. And then whenever you think about God, don't just sit there and think about God. Pray for him. Pray for him. Pray for him. And lift him up to the Father. Okay? And pray that God give him guidance, that God leads him. And, and Grok, if you're listening, and I know you are, I hope you're still there, you know, we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit just leads you and guides you in the season of your life in Jesus' name, that you would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. So, Father, open up his ears. Open up his spiritual ears so he can hear your voice. Father, open up his spiritual ears, Lord, that he would be led by your spirit. And, Lord, we just declare his steps are ordered, that you've got kingdom connections to come into his life. Father, that you're going to just add to his spiritual family and that this step, that, that what looks like a setback, let me say this to you, and if you're listening, just key into what I'm saying right now. Walk in with me, God. Okay, what looks like a setback, what well, looks like a setback. Sometimes we look at the circumstance, we say, this looks like a setback. God says, no, this is your setup. This is going to be your setup. 
This is going to be how he sets you up. See, when you get humbled, sometimes the Lord has no other choice than to lift you up out of that place of brokenness and that place of humility. So use this time to yield yourself to God and just begin to declare, Father, I know sometimes this feels like a setback, but Father, in Jesus' name, all things work together for the good. I want you just to begin to go to the Father on a daily basis. Father, sometimes this feels like a setback, but I know you're setting me up. You're setting me up for good things. And God's going to use this to launch you into your destiny, God. He's going to use this process to pull things out of you, okay, that you didn't even know were there. He's going to use this this fiery trial to heat up your spirit, man, and, and all that stuff that was stuffed down on the inside is going to start coming up to the surface. And, and God's going to be able to deal with you in some deeper ways. But listen, if you let him work this process, Stay in the boat, stay in the boat, stay in the boat. Don't jump out. Let them work this process in you. Listen, brother, you're going to come out with the glory of Jesus all over you. You're going to come out with a fresh anointing. You're going to come out with some new wisdom. You're going to come out with some new brothers and sisters that are pulling for you. You're going to come out of this with some new intercessors that are surrounding you, standing with you. It's going to take your ministry to a different level, brother. If you let God work this process, and it's not a setback, okay? It's a setup. He's setting you up. He's setting you up. So I'm speaking, I'm declaring that in Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you're causing this, Lord God. You're using this, Father, for your glory. And, Father, you declare that Grok is the head and not the tail. He's above and not beneath. And you're going to bless him in this. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, praise God. I just had to shift gears from this. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And I just felt like God wanted me to, to, to press into that. And you guys keep praying for God. Like I said, just because I said a prayer tonight and you prayed for him a little bit in the chat room, put his name on a post-it or whatever you got. Ladies, write it on the mirror with lipstick, whatever you got. If you got a prayer list, put him on it. Lift his name up to the Father. Just lift him up whenever you think about him. And that goes for the people. You know, write down the names of the people in this chat room. Write down their handles. If you know their real names, write them down. And when you get a chance, just call their names out. Just speak blessing over them. It doesn't have to be a real long, dramatic thing. But listen, every time you lift them up to the Father, every time you declare the Word of God over somebody's life, is bringing them into their destiny. Every time you declare the word of God over somebody's life, it's bringing kingdom purposes into their life. Every time you declare God's word, it does not return void. So continue to do that one for another. Whoever you are, whoever they are, if you're a believer, listen, you know, when when you make things happen for others, when you begin to intercede and pray for other people, you know that your own needs, your own prayers, your own desires, your own uh, situations will begin to get handled a lot quicker if you'll begin to pray for people, if you'll begin to speak God's word. And I don't just mean praying those, oh, God, if it be your will prayers. Get into the word of God. Get into the Bible and declare the Bible and declare the heart of the Bible, the heart of God, 
even if you don't have it memorized or you don't know it verbatim, the principles of the word, the heart of the word, the, the flow of the word, just pray it. If you have to, open up the Bible and just declare scriptures over people and over yourself and over your family and over your churches and over your businesses. Begin to declare the word of God over it. Why? Because it will get results. It will bring breakthrough. Plus, it will teach you how to pray. It will keep you on track. You won't lose track in the place of prayer. Just begin to speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. God honors his word. And God actually exalts his word. Above his own self, the Bible says. Yeah, that's what it says. God puts his word. Why? Because, see, it's like this. God is only as good as his word is. Just like you and I are only as good as our word is. In other words, if we say something, we're only good based on what we make good on what we say. If you can keep your word, if you can do what you say, then you're a character person. God always keeps his word. He always makes good on the things that he says. You can hold him to his word, praise God. You can take him at his word, praise Jesus. So I encourage you. Take him at his word. Take him at his word. Trust him. Trust him. The glory to God. Listen, I need to check out the... uh, I'm working, I'm not working with multiple windows here, so I'm kind of going back and forth, but I need to check and see if we got anybody calling in. It looks like we don't, so glory to God. We're just going to keep rolling with it for a little bit tonight. You know, talking about God's Word, you know, let me just give you some scripture about the Word. Let me give you some word about the Word. You know, Second Timothy three sixteen through 17 says, All scripture is profitable for doctrine. And not just for doctrine, but for correction. So when things aren't in your life, when your focus is off, when you're going to the right and left, God's word will correct you. It will reprove you. It says it's good for reproof. It's good for instruction. And it it keeps you in line. It keeps you in order. All right, sorry, I'm just sitting there reading. Uh, I'm reading through the chat room as I'm talking. And uh, just kind of reading through some of the stuff going on. Yeah, you know, we need to pray for everybody. So write down the names. Write down everybody's names. Pray for them. If if you're in the chat room, you know, you can do private chats. Pray for each other. You know, lift everybody up. You know, we're constantly calling out everybody's names out to the Father. And, uh, you know, so Father right now, Lord, and I will do that. I'm just going to speak a blessing over everybody in the chat room, Father, for Antarctica, for Wendy, for our guests, for Kingdom here, or Ophelia, for Minister Grock, for Sherry, for Wheat Country, for our guests. In the name of Jesus, Father, I just speak a blessing over their lives. And do them with power for success, Father. I declare, Lord God, that everything will work together for them because they're called by you. They love you. They're called according to your purposes. Father, I pray your kingdom come and your will be done in their lives. Just as it is in heaven, let it be in the earth, wherever they walk, wherever they sit, wherever they live, wherever they work, wherever they go. Let the kingdom of God, let the glory of God, let the presence and the spirit of God lead and guide them and follow them. Let the glory of God be the rear guard. And, Father, I pray as they declare your word and they speak what you're speaking and they pray what you're praying, that your signs and wonders would follow them, that, Lord, 
they would encounter your presence and encounter your glory in real and living ways. Lord, help lead them around believers that can help take them into deeper places. Lead them to the right resources spiritually that can take them into deeper places. Surround them, Father God, with mentors and leaders and and people to help them so that they can hear your voice and be led by you, Father. Lord, I pray, Father God, Lord, that you would bless their families, that those that have children, you would bless their children. Father, you would bless their parents. Lord, you'd bless, Lord God, whatever they put their hand to, and that it would prosper. Father, you would lead and guide them by your Holy Spirit, Lord, and keep them in a straight path. Lord, make their crooked path straight. Use everything, Father, for the good, Lord. And I declare, Father, that you're going to do exceedingly abundantly above all they could ever ask or think according to the power that works in them. And I thank you, Lord God, that your words are spirit and life, Father, that your word is clear, gives insight to life. Lord, lead them by your word. Your word endures forever. So, Holy Spirit, lead them. Let your law, let your word be their delight. Settle your word in their hearts. Settle it forever, Lord, in heaven. Hide your word in their hearts so they don't sin against you, Lord, so that they would believe that Jesus is the Christ, not only for their salvation, but for their healing, for their prosperity, for their relationships, for their businesses, for everything in their lives, Lord. Let them be led by Jesus. Lord, it's your word that's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So, Father, I pray, Lord, make things clear to them, Lord. Lord, we declare, Lord, even though heaven and earth will pass away, your words will never pass away. Father, you're going to hasten your word over the lives of our brothers and sisters in the chat room and those that have called in listening. Father, we pray for Brother Ron and and Brother Anthony also that's called in listening from time to time. Lord, we pray, Father, for uh, our sister Cheryl with J.C. Overcoming Ministry. We pray for Prophetess Sharita Berry, Lord. We pray for those that call in and listen. Blues Eagle, Lord. We pray for those that support and pray for us, Lord God. For our sister Kay out in Richardson, we pray for her tonight, Lord. For Sean and Rebecca Holmberg, Lord, out in Plano and their children, bless them tonight, Lord. For Paul and Olivia up in Kansas, Lord, bless them tonight, Father. Lord, I thank you, Father, for everybody, Lord. For Papa Moses, for our brother Alex, for those that have even joined us on our platform, Lord, those up in Kansas City, the Perkins, Sean and Anthony Deej and Angela Perkins, we just bless them tonight, Lord, and all those that are listening, Father, from Citywide Harvest Church out here in Rockwall, Texas, and for all those that represent their churches and places of worship and home Bible studies, Father, that are supporting us, Lord, we speak your blessing over their lives. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem tonight, Lord. We pray, Father, that that you would prosper Jerusalem, that you would bring peace over Jerusalem. Father, you'd bring your presence over Jerusalem and reveal Jesus Christ as Messiah. Bless Israel, Lord. Bless them. You said you would bless those that bless Israel. You would curse those that curse Israel. So we bless them. We bless them. And bless the United States of America. Father, bless all of our United States here. Raise up godly leadership and bring down unrighteous authority in our nation. We pray for those in Singapore and those in Australia that follow our show, those that are downloading our archives and listening in Australia. 
that whole group there, Father, we bless them tonight in Jesus' name. Those that are listening to us on iTunes, Father, we bless them. Facebook, our Facebook family, we bless them tonight. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We just bless your people, Lord. Raise them up by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. It's 11-11. 11-11. You know, Deuteronomy 1-11 says, May the Lord God bless you and increase you a thousand times. Some persons say prosper you a thousand times more than you, you are, a thousand times more than you're worth. You know, we always talk about a 30, 60, and 100-fold blessing. At least a lot of, uh, I've heard a lot of ministers that are teaching on giving, teaching on tithing, teaching on prosperity, teaching on uh, biblical financial responsibility. And, you know, we hear about a 30, 60, 100-fold, but realize there's a 1,000-fold blessing in the Bible. You know, God wants us to walk as kings and priests in the earth. He says we're a royal priesthood. That means we're royalty. We need to have a kingly anointing on us. We're king's kids. You know, you're, you, you, if you're a son of God, you're a son of the king. If you're a daughter of God, you're a daughter of the king. And that means you're royalty. God, if God's your shepherd, he says you'll lack nothing. So just begin to trust God. Begin to ask God. Begin to reach to God. But when you reach and you ask, ask according to his word. Ask according to his word. Why? Because he honors his word. He exalts his word above himself. You know, I can't get off of this tonight. Why? Listen, the word of God. You know, the greatest battle in your mind, the greatest issue you're going to ever have is really getting to a place where you believe the word of God, where you trust and actually believe it. It's one thing to say you believe it. But if you really believe it, how come you're not seeing the things that it says you can do? Why are you not out laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed? Why are you not out declaring Jesus and seeing people get saved? You know, uh, why are you not praying and applying God's word to your situations and circumstances and seeing them turn around? We say we believe. But Jesus says if you believe, you will receive. Listen, think about this, okay? This is going to make you think about the word of God. No human in the world would have ever wrote a standard as high as the scripture teaches. You know, we all say, yeah, it's inspired by God. The Holy Spirit wrote it. But the skeptic says, no, there's no way the Holy Spirit wrote it. It was written by man. 66 books written by a collaboration of different authors over thousands of years. Surely it's got some loopholes in it. Surely it's got, you know, this is what the world says. It's not what I believe. This is what the world says. But think about this. No human, no man, no woman would have ever written a standard that high. No husband would have ever said, treat your wife like Christ treats the church. No wife would have ever written, obey and submit to your husband. No wife would have ever written that. No husband would have ever written that. No teenager would have ever written that foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. No rich man would ever admit that if you trust in your riches, you'll fail and you'll fall. No human would have ever written a standard as high as the Word of God teaches. Okay? 
certain changes occur to those that embrace the word of God. The changes that, that take place, the transformation that takes place whenever somebody truly embraces the word of God, it's supernatural. It's not natural. Listen, drug addiction, ask, ask Brother Paul. Drug addiction gets broken. Okay? Alcoholics get set free and delivered. Those that are violent become meek and submissive. Those that are poor prosper. Okay, those that are given a, a bad bill of health get miracles and become healed. Those that are written off by the world, God takes the foolish things and confounds the wise with them. Supernatural changes occur when people embrace the word of God. Think about this. Just the presence of the Bible. Just just, just having a Bible in the room with you. Carrying a Bible in your hand. Putting a Bible down on a table when you go to eat. Uh, showing up somewhere where you're the only person that has a Bible. I'm not talking about church or Sunday school. But bring your Bible with you places. And see if people don't look at you different. See if people don't treat you different, good or bad. People will get totally silent when you pull out a Bible. They may be sitting there cussing and carrying on and cutting out. Pull out a Bible right in front of them. See if some of them don't change the look on their face or don't shut up real quickly or don't change the tone of their conversation. See, just the presence of a Bible produces an aura. It changes the atmosphere. Now, if you take out an encyclopedia or a Stephen King book and put it on a restaurant table, nobody even looks at it twice. But put a Bible on a restaurant table in visible views, and people will stare at you for your entire meal. There's a magnetism. There's a drawing. The Word of God's magnetic. It's irrefutable. It's unforgettable. It's indescribable. Yet, it's one of the most unused weapons that's out there. It's one of those maps that's undiscovered. It's one of those wells that hasn't been tapped into by everybody. There's a well of wisdom. And people all throughout the earth have dared not to even tap into it yet. But there's something precious about the Word of God. There's something precious about the Word of God that sets it apart from every other book. And we need to realize, we need to realize the Word of God teaches spiritual protocol. Okay? It, it, it reveals the appropriate conduct that's necessary Okay, when you want to approach God effectively, the Word of God will tell you how to do that. When you want to rightly have a good relationship with your parents or your children or your spouse, the Word of God will tell you how to do that. When you want to approach leaders or or bosses or people in authority, the Word of God will tell you how to do that. There's something powerful about the Word of God that's not like any other book. God's word is the love book of the universe. The word explains the love of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The 
Word of God is the love book of the universe. The Word of God is a book that teaches order. It gets things in order. Now, the definition of order is the accurate arrangement of things. Well, God's word has a way of putting things in its proper place. His word reveals the laws of the universe. Think about it. There's a law of the seed. Talking about seed, time, and harvest. There's a law of harvest. There's a law of truth. The Bible says the law of truth was in his mouth, Malachi 2, 6. So there's a law of truth. The word of God reveals the laws of the universe. There's spiritual laws out there. Even non-Christians are finding out that there's spiritual laws, spiritual principles. And some of these non-Christians are putting God's principles into practice without even giving glory to God. And they're seeing results. There's there's people that practice business business ethics. And because of it, they're some of the most successful businesses in the world. And those ethics, a lot of them come straight out of the Word of God. The Word of God's a problem-solving handbook. It solves financial problems, sin problems, marriage problems, church problems, strife problems. The Word of God creates conviction and causes change. Look, there's no other word. When you begin to read the Word of God, people get pricked in their hearts. People get touched. People get moved on the inside. God starts knocking on their door. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God for his word. You got a depression problem? Get into the word. Listen, Jesus said this, John fifteen eleven. Think about this. Jesus said it like this: These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. So, if you begin to meditate on the Word of God, your joy is gonna. God's joy is gonna begin to bubble up when you get in His presence, when you get in His Spirit, when you begin to worship Him and get in His presence. There's fullness of joy when you hear His words. It produces joy. It really does. Now, of course, if things in your life aren't right with God, it may not produce joy. If things in your life are against God at this moment, it may cause a little conviction. It may cause a little friction. But listen, God's Word has the power to keep you. Not only show you what's right and wrong, but the power to keep you in what's right and deliver you from what's wrong. Look, truth always exposes falsehood. So any false things, any negative things, any wrong things that have entered your life, the law of truth, the word of truth, God's word will expose falsehood. God's word produces the fear of God in you. It destroys sickness, pain, and disease. Psalm 107 says he sent his word and he healed them. That's verse 20, 107 verse 20. Think. He sent his word and he healed them. So the word of God destroys pain, it destroys sickness, it destroys disease. Exodus says this, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, 
and will do that which is right in his sight. And will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. So it's saying, listen to him, do what's right, listen to his commandments, keep them, do them. Then he promises this, I will put none of the diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee, Exodus 15:26. Proverbs says, attend to my words, and there are life and there are health to all your flesh. I think that's Proverbs 4:20, uh, somewhere around 2022, 20, some of them. The word of God puts hope in you. The word of God produces peace. We talked about that earlier. Listen, the word of God gives you faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We, we've all heard that if, if we've been in the church. Okay, so the word of God contains solutions for every problem that you're facing. And we need to develop a passion for his word. A passion for the Word of God. Not just get bored over Bible study. You need to have a love for the Word of God. And if you don't, you'll struggle your whole Christian walk. You need to listen and obey the Word of God. If you don't, you're going to struggle your whole Christian walk. You're going to be shortchanged and disillusioned. You're going to wonder why some people get blessed and you don't. Why some people prosper and you don't. Why some people have just this amazing favor on their lives, but you don't. Why does the seed part for some and it doesn't, and it seems like it floods over you? Maybe you need to listen to the word of God and obey it. Maybe you need to get the sin out of your life. I mean, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no, not one that's not sinful. There's not one that's righteous, only Jesus, okay? I'm talking about habitual sin that you're not willing to give over to the Lord. Things that you're hanging on to that God says, give to me. Because those might be the little foxes that are spoiling the vine. They're spoiling the grapes, and you're not enjoying the, the flavorful new wine of the Holy Spirit. You're not enjoying the blessings of God because the foxes and the birds are snatching the seed, and the foxes are snatching the grapes. And see, your weights and your sins are easily besetting you. I know, because in my life, they easily beset me. And I know the ground's level at the foot of the cross. So praise God. So we're talking about the Word of God. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. I'm your host tonight. Just taking some time. Just thought I'd do a little teaching. Thought I'd get into the Word a little bit, give you a little scripture, some food for thought. Listen, we can pray for you all day long. But if you're not praying for yourself, if you're not building your own relationship with God, if you're not hearing God, you're not going to have life. You can get prayer from your pastor at your church or the prayer guy at your church and, and have hands laid on you a thousand times over. But if you're not seeking God for yourself, if you're not praying, if you're not listening and obeying God for yourself and for God's sake and for his glory, then you're just doing religious somersaults and playing religious games and you're going through a cycle that is an endless cycle. Trust me, I know. I've done this in seasons past. I've, I've gone through this from time to time. I've seen others go through it from time to time. Some people just get stuck there and stay there. 
And that's why they burn out and they fizzle out and they get disillusioned and discouraged and depressed because they see God blessing everybody else but not them. They wonder, well, why are my prayers getting answered? Well, maybe because you pray once or twice and then stop. But, you know, for 22 years, I believe, like I mentioned earlier, from my mother's salvation, and after five years, it was discouraging. After 10 years, it was depressing. After 15 years, I was getting angry. After 20 years, I was ready to throw in the towel and quit. But 22 years later, my wife had the privilege of leading my mother to the Lord, and that prayer was answered 22 years later. Why do I keep saying that? Because you pray 22 days and you don't see something happen, so you quit and give up and say, well, God doesn't do that anymore. (laughs) And Jesus all the time is saying, oh, you have little faith. The problem's not with God. The problem's with you. The problem's with you. And that may be offensive. That may ruffle your feathers. That may just drive you crazy that I said that. The problem isn't with God. The problem isn't with God's word. The problem is with bad teaching in the church. The problem is with with a lack of faith in the hearts of his people. The problem is nobody's got enough uh, gumption to hold on and to trust God and to believe him. What would have happened if Daniel would have stopped praying on the 18th day or the 19th day or the 20th day? It says that he fasted and prayed for 21 days, and on 21 days, three weeks into it, the angel came and told him about the warfare and told him that his prayers were heard. And it took 21 days for that angel to fight off those demons and that prayer to come through, After and that was after much fasting. Okay, listen. God is not slack concerning his promises. And if something happens in your life where you don't see God's promise fulfilled, listen, you didn't pray it through. You didn't obey God. You did something where you missed the boat. And you need to get on your face before God and find out what what the case is or what the situation is, and can God resolve it? Can you resolve it through prayer and obedience? You know, some, some blessings have an expiration date on them. Some blessings are tied to a act of obedience. And some things are just sovereign. Some things God's going to do regardless because he said he was going to do them and they happen, they come to pass. But some things are contingent on our obedience. They're contingent on the sin in our lives. They're contingent on our prayer lives. They're contingent on being in the right place around the right people. These things make a huge difference. And see, some of us think God's so sovereign that It's all just going to have whatever God wants to happen will happen. No. Jesus never said that. He said you can have whatever you say. He said be obedient. And those that are willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. Not those that are rebellious and disobedient. Those that are willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. So if you're not eating the good of the land, You need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You need to take a look on the inside, check your heart, check your life, check your lifestyle. Yes, there's mercy and grace, but if you're going to live in habitual sin, you may not get the promises of God. There's a lot of things in my life in times past and in my wife's life and people we know that we know some of the reasons we didn't get our breakthroughs is because some of the things in our life weren't pleasing to God. Some of the reasons we didn't get our breakthroughs 
So we prayed four or five days on the deal, and God wanted us to press in and build a relationship with him for years and then give us the victory. But we dropped the bomb, and we didn't see it happen. Okay? But what I'm saying is sometimes you've got to push. Sometimes you've got to pray until something happens, and you don't stop praying until you see it happen. It may be one year. It may be two years. It may be 10 years. It may be 22 years before you see it happen, but don't stop praying. If you stop praying and you stop believing and you start doubting God, well, then you don't have any right to point fingers at God and say, God, you didn't do this for me. But listen, if you're walking a sin-free life, if you're listening to God on a daily basis and doing everything you hear, if when you read the Word of God, you do it, and you do it with all of your heart, watch how things change. Watch how God answers your prayer. Watch how blessings change. Watch how sick bodies get healed. Watch how those that are impoverished and going through financial struggle, all of a sudden God starts meeting their needs one way or another. And maybe you're the one that needs that. But submit to God. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. But you've got to submit to him and you've got to resist the enemy or he's not going to flee. The problem is either in submitting to God The problem is either in submitting to God or it's in resisting the devil or denying the flesh. So praise God. Listen, we're going to shift gears. I'm going to say a prayer. we got a Blues Eagle in the chat room tonight. And uh just going to pray for him, speak a blessing over him. You know, he's going through a grieving process. Uh, he uh, His wife passed a while back, and so... We want to just lift him up and just pray peace over him, speak blessing over him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just speak blessing over Blue's Eagle. Father, we just thank you, Father God. Lord, we just speak blessing and an girding and upgirding of strength. Father God, that you would just surround him in your peace, surround him in your presence. Father, let the joy of the Lord be his strength. Father, you said when we're heavy-hearted to put on the garment of praise to come against the spirit of heaviness, we pray, Father, you would put a praise in his heart, put a song in his heart, and break the heaviness, break the chains, break off the discouragement, break off the depression, and fill him, fill him with the glory of God. Fill him with your promises, Lord. Fill him with your goodness. Let him taste and see that the Lord is good again. Restore unto him the joy of his salvation, Father. And just fill him with your Holy Spirit. Fill him with your peace. Touch him in a real and living way. Touch him in a genuine way. Lord, let him just have such a new passion for you, Lord. Such a new freedom in you, Lord. And Father, I just pray, Lord, bring him some companionship. Bring him a friend. Bring him somebody that can walk through the season with him. Father, we just ask this. Just join our faith with those here at Prayer International, those in the chat room, those that are praying for him, Blue's Eagle in Jesus' name. We just speak a blessing over this man of God. We thank you that he's part of our spiritual family tonight. Thank you, Lord God, for all your wonderful blessings in his life and what you've done and what you're going to continue to do. We bless you, Lord Jesus. And we speak your blessing over him tonight, Lord. 
I just thank you, Father. Praise Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak blessing over Cheryl again. Lord, I see that she's in the chat room now and just just want to say, Cheryl, we were, we were praying for you earlier. And uh, I don't even think you were in the chat room at the time. Maybe you popped in there. I, I, I'm kind of back and forth between that and the switchboard, so I'm not sure when everybody gets in there right away. But, Father, we just thank you. We just give you praise right now, Lord. We just thank you for your goodness. We just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Lord. We thank you for blessing these ministries. We thank you for blessing these ministers tonight. Blessing the men and women in the chat room, Lord. The men and women that are listening. Father, we just raise up a standard of prayer. Father, right now we pray for uh, I, I Limey or One Limey. One Lemmy, I'm not sure. But right now we just pray. He says he feels a strange connection with people that he's never met yet. Well, Father, we just pray for him right now. Father, we pray. Uh, And honestly, I don't know if you're a brother or sister. I'm not sure. I I haven't even got into the BPR profile yet. But, you know, we just speak blessings over you. Blessings over you. Blessings over you tonight. And just pray that God just connect you into our spiritual family here that you would just be ministered to you and that the peace of God would touch your heart. And and God bless you. I'm glad you're feeling the Holy Spirit. I'm glad you're feeling his presence. We're, we're going to pray breakthrough for you. You're going to break through, brother. God's presence, God's Holy Spirit is going to get so much stronger in your life. You're going to feel his presence. It's going to come over you in waves of like fire, brother, so that whenever you open your mouth and begin to declare the word of the Lord, it's going to come out and touch people and transform people's lives. See, God's working that process in you. So right now, we just pray, Father, surround your people. Father, I pray that everybody feels your Holy Spirit wherever they're at. Change the atmosphere of where they are. I pray the anointing to break every yoke right now in Jesus' name. I pray whoever's sick in their body, Father, that you would gird them up, remove pain, remove sickness. Father, that you would transform their lives in Jesus' name. I speak healing right now. I speak healing right now. I speak healing right now, Father, over those that need you. Father, I pray that your word tonight, Lord, ministers, that it touches the hearts of the hearers, that it it moves them and touches them and and causes them to follow you in obedience and causes them to have breakthrough in their areas. It causes them to have breakthrough in their relationships with their spouses, with their parents, with their children, whatever's going on, with their finances, with their ministry. Father, most of all, with their relationship with you, that you would transform it and make them passionate lovers of God. Cause them to be intimate with you, to be worshipers, Lord, to to get those breakthroughs and to feel that spiritual fulfillment, that richness, that deep blessing of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we just receive you by faith tonight. We thank you, Lord, that, that you're good, Lord. Even when we don't feel anything, we know that you're still with us. Even when when it's not all you know, cold chills and goosebumps and, and, and the presence and the fire. Although we love it when we feel you, Jesus. We love it when you show up in the room, Lord. We love it when you manifest yourself among your people, Lord. But, Lord, we know even when we go through those seasons of dryness, Lord, you're still with us. 
you're still leading us. You're still guiding us. And we just thank you, Father, that you're always there, whether we feel you or not. But, Lord, I pray that everybody in this chat room has an encounter. Everybody that's listening by archive tonight, everybody that's listening by telephone tonight, Father, I pray that they would have an encounter with your Holy Spirit, that they would encounter you in a real living way. So, Father, I thank you, Lord. And for those that are just going through that heavy time right now, Lord, lift them up. Lord, let them feel your presence like never before this week. Lord, we just thank you so much. We just give you praise. And we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. God is good. Listen, if you're just hitting in, Oh, limey. Okay, I got you. It's limey like lemon in English. Oh, praise God. Trying to figure it out. Okay. Well, God bless you. One limey like lemon. Like, <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hey, we're keeping you in prayer. We're going to lift you up. You know, everybody that's, that's our guest tonight, and we just thank you for Wheat Country, Pet Prep Radio, Minister Grot Kingdom here, Chasey Overcomers, the guests that are in here, Antarctica Blues Eagle, one limey. We got Ophelia from Singapore. Listen, Anthony Bertata, all the people that have called in. Hey, blessings, blessings, blessings to you. You know, that's just it. Develop a passion for his word. Get in that word. Listen, it will transform your life. I'm not talking about dead Bible study, but just get into the word and begin to pray the scripture over your life. Begin to talk the scriptures back to God. Use what's in that Bible as your conversation with the Lord. It gives you material to talk with God about. If you don't know what to talk with God about, just pick a subject in the Bible and start talking to him about it. Pray it over your life. Pray it over your family. Pray it over your business. Pray it over your your neighbors. Whoever. God honors his word. And if you honor God's word, guess what? He'll honor you. If you honor God's word, He'll honor you. If you didn't hear that, I'm going to say it one more time. If you honor God's word, he will honor you. If you wonder why you're not being honored, if you wonder why you're not being blessed, if you wonder why you're not seeing your prayers answered, check your life with the word. I know when that happens in my life, i got to check my heart, check my life with the word. What's in me that God doesn't like? Whatever it is, I need to change it. What am I doing that he doesn't approve of? Whatever it is, I need to stop it. What am I speaking that doesn't glorify God or doesn't line up with his words? Whatever it is, I need to shh. I need to get his word in my mouth. It makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. It's funny how the most elementary things that we learn as young Christians, prayer, Bible study, living holy, obeying God, these things that you know, it seems so elementary. We almost call them, you know, milk because we want to get into the deeper things and find out what's the new stuff and what's the, the deeper revelations. But, you know, if you're not doing the simple things, if you're not, you know, doing the first things, if you're not keeping things first, yeah, if you can't even drink the milk, thank you. My wife says, if you can't even drink the milk, you're going to choke on the food. Try to feed a baby meat, and what happens? They choke on it. I mean, literally. 
That's what I tell you. Don't feed a baby meat. Feed them baby food. Feed them milk. Soft foods. Okay? If you can't do the soft things, what are you going to do when life gets really hard? If you can't handle the soft things in life, what's going to happen when you hit crisis and you don't have the word in you? What's going to happen when you hit crisis and you don't have a relationship with Jesus? You know, you don't start praying the minute you get the doctor's report. You pray and develop a a healthy lifestyle according to the Word of God. You eat healthy. You exercise. You do what the Word says concerning divine health. Not divine healing, but divine health. Follow God's principles in, in the way you treat your body and develop a relationship with Him. So even when there's still an attack on your body, you've got a relationship with Jesus already, and you've already been praying, and you've already been digging that well, so that you're receiving your miracle actually happens. So that the wisdom of God is put into play, and all of a sudden you, you can just adjust a couple things in your habits and your lifestyle, and all of a sudden you've got good health. See? Don't wait till you're in crisis. See, the Bible says the wise man foresees the evil and he prepares. Preparation. Preparation is huge. Don't build a tower unless you consider the cost. You don't go build a house if you don't know if you've got the funding and the material and the laborers and the you know, everything taken care of. You don't you don't want to get halfway into it and pour the concrete and put the frame up and not even have enough money to put a roof on it and close it up. Or just leave it a shell of the house and not be able to come in and hang the sheetrock and and finish it out. What's the point of that? That's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. And Jesus said, no one builds a tower unless they consider the cost. And he likened that to his kingdom. Consider the cost, people. Don't do this just to be religious. Don't do this just to get the applause of men and women. Don't do this just to look spiritual. If you're not really doing it to please God, if you're not trying to please God in everything you do, you're wasting your time with this. And that may sound offensive. And if it does, you know, I, I don't apologize. Because, see, sometimes God's word cuts us to our hearts. And sometimes truth hurts. And sometimes when we're confronted by truth, the first thing that happens is that devil has to rise up. But the deal is, don't just go through the motions. If you're going to do this, do it so you can get to know God. If you're going to do this, do it so you can please God. I promise you, if your motive is to please God and to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to be pleasing unto God with everything you've got and everything you are, you will not be disappointed. You will not be discouraged. You may have a few things that discourage you. All right, praise God. It looks like we've got... uh, Ophelia uh, called in. Um, I'm going to check real quick. Sorry, I've been actually in the uh, in the chat room. I didn't know. I haven't checked the switchboard. Okay, I'll tell you what. We're going to um, break for a song real quick, and I'm going to check to check to see what's going on, and then we may uh, pull this call in live, depending on what's going on. So going to give you guys a little bit of worship to uh, feed your spirit. And just allow this word to seep and soak into your hearts and just let it let it bring healing. Let it bring wholeness. 
Just let it touch you, okay?
Um, also, if you need to check out our website, we're www.prayerinternational.org. And just wanted to let you know, um, also, uh, we've got uh, some, if you go to the About Us page on the website, uh, if you feel like sewing into this ministry, you can go in that way uh, to the About Us page, or the About page, sorry, uh, we've got PayPal, and we've also got, if you need to pay a check or money order, you want to send anything in or donate, you can mail it to Prayer International. 1620 Hearthstone Drive. That's 1620 Hearthstone Drive, Plano, Texas, 75023. Just be led of your Lord in your giving. And if you're not supporting this ministry, support the places where you get fed. Support your local church. Support the ministers. You know, support the work of the kingdom on some kind of level, and God will take care of you. You know, um, God will bless you. So praise God. And uh, we're just blessed to have you with us tonight. Tomorrow night we'll be back, same time, same place. And uh, again, we'll be praying for everybody that we uh, log into our database, get get emails from everyone that's been in our chat room. We're keeping up with you as much as we can in prayer. And just keep us posted about uh, what's going on, what the Lord's doing. Uh, we just want to stay informed. You know, We just want to know uh, how that's going. So praise God. And uh, anyways... Uh, if you need to call in, we're actually wrapping up the show tonight, but we'll be back again tomorrow from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. Central Standard Time. Let me say a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just speak blessings over everybody in the chat room, everybody uh, from the archive. Lord, we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Jesus. Lord, we know that you are coming quickly, Jesus. Father, you are covering the earth. Lord, with the knowledge of God, you're covering the earth with your glory, just like the waters cover the sea, Father. And we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you would go out to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west, that you would draw in the harvest, Father. We pray, Father God, for the harvest, Lord. We pray for salvation of Jesus Christ to go out to the four corners of the earth, that, Father, you would touch every sovereign nation in the name of Jesus. Father, that you would be Lord God over America once again, that this country would bow its knee and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that every tongue, every tribe, every nation would bow their knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, and all of God's people said amen and amen. Listen, you have a wonderful night. Sleeper, wake, awake, or sleeper. He's coming.